Hi there. Uh, today I'd like to talk just a, a little bit about authenticity. And I think that generally, um, certainly in our country, in our, in our current culture, I think authenticity is rightfully so talked about in a really positive light. Um, I'm a, I don't know if everybody out there is into Enneagram or whatever, but uh, if you are, I'm an Enneagram 4, and that, that's sometimes called like the romantic or the individualist, and, and people with my, uh, that, you know, per, those personality features really, really highly value authenticity. And so I, I want you to know that I'm not just, I'm not here to just like dunk on <laughs> on authenticity as a, as a concept or as a virtue. I'm a big believer in that. I'm a big lover of authenticity. Um, so I'm, I don't have a, a general beef with authenticity, but I think that, um, as is often the case in cultures, when you have a value that you hold really, really strongly, um, sometimes we can take it a little too far, you know, and, and we can get a little too enamored with it and we don't see the potential downsides or negative consequences of pursuing that virtue, uh, not because then what happens is that it ceases to be a virtue. It's, it becomes something else. Some, you know, uh, maybe a, a religious person might call it a, an idol. Um, you know that we, it's all good. Uh, and this, I mean, this is often what at least kind of our big monotheistic cultures believe about gods. It's like it's all good, and there's nothing wrong about it. And um, and so then when we make a virtue into a bit of an idol, then we think, oh, it's all good and there's there's no downside to it. And I think sometimes this is what we've done with authenticity. Um, so I want to talk just about the, the limited value of authenticity. It's not that it doesn't have value. Again, I'm a big, big believer in authenticity. I love authenticity. But it, there are limits to authenticity as a virtue. Um, I believe it's an Aristotelian idea that uh, a virtue in excess becomes a vice. And I think that authenticity, this is w one of those areas in which, you know, an, an overexpressed virtue can sometimes become a vice. So let's talk about this for a little bit. Um, often I've got folks coming into my office um, who are who also are maybe big believers in authenticity. And so they believe a lot in uh, their we could maybe call it a right, uh, you know, maybe it's some version of, of this idea of like, I have a right to express myself and to, and to be myself. And I, I think that that's true. I think that people really do have a right. I think also there's a kind of unspoken addendum to that. Um, and it goes something like this. And uh, I'm also entitled to there being no negative consequences for me expressing myself. And I think that that is, to use a kind of an old fangled term, I think that that's hogwash. I think that's total BS. Um, I, I think that everybody is entitled to express themselves. Um, what they're not entitled to are positive outcomes from expressing themselves. Um, where I've seen this show up a lot is in, let's say, it wouldn't have to be marriage, but you know, in a, uh, an intimate partnership, um, there's two people together and, and maybe one person, you know, they they're angry. And so they say, well, uh, I'm not going to shelve my emotions. I'm not going to stuff down and repress my emotions. I'm angry and I'm going to express my anger. And that's me being authentic. 
And to that I say, okay, fair enough. You know, maybe you are being authentic. Um, The trouble is that um, when you express unbridled, authentic anger towards somebody, you become frightening. And so now what you've got is a partner who is frightened of you. And, um, And I'll be honest, I think to some degree, that is precisely maybe why we are so angry is that, um, well, I've said this before in, in workshops that really the what we're up to when we express anger towards somebody else, particularly unbridled anger, but we could you know press into that some other time. But um, we are trying to frighten somebody into doing what we want. And maybe what we want them to do is a, is a good thing. Maybe it's a necessary thing. But I think we should be honest with ourselves on some level that what we're trying to do when we express anger towards another person is we're trying to frighten them into doing what we want. And um, and that's not particularly helpful for a relationship. And so when you've got unbridled authenticity that is being ex- expressed in a relationship, okay, well, good. We can go around patting ourselves on the back and saying, well, I'm not going to, you know, I'm not going to be a chameleon and I'm not going to shut myself down and I'm not going to, you know, silence myself. Here I am, you know, I am Calvin, hear me roar. Well, good for me. Uh, maybe not good for my relationships or for my community or so on and so forth. And I think that this is this is where we need to have some balance in understanding authenticity as a virtue. I don't want people shelving themselves. I, and, and by the way, there are lots of clients who come in here. And what I'm asking them to do is you need to find your voice. You know, you've got a, you've got something to say. You've got a boundary that you need to set. Um, and it's sitting in there and then you squish it. And, and this is no good either. You know, I, I'm not suggesting that that's our way of going around. It's just saying, well, what do people want me to be? No, I think it's more something like this. It's more like, it's almost like an informed consent process, okay, where we look at it and we say, okay, here I am. I'm, let's say that I'm pissed off. I'm angry. Okay, well, uh, I, I can express that. And by the way, there's a whole range of ways that I could express it, okay? Um, and some of them would feel more authentic than others. Like maybe it would feel a lot more authentic to haul off and yell at somebody rather than to have a very direct, assertive, but civil, not yelling, you know, tone of voice, uh, maybe it would feel more authentic to yell. Okay. Um, Well, here's the thing. If I insist upon my right to authenticity and my right to authentic self-expression, what's going to happen? in my, well, I'm going to frighten this person. Is that something that I'm really, is is that what I want to do? And, um, and sometimes I don't know, maybe the answer is yes. I'll give you an example. Okay. Let's say that my, and by the way, this doesn't happen. My, um, my kids actually, they do a, a beautiful job of really being aware of safety concerns. You know, let's say like in a street. So I live on a street where people, sometimes they drive by kind of fast. And, um, but let's say that my daughter is without looking at the road or maybe looking up the road. You know, I live on a one-way street looking up the road rather than down where the cars are coming from. She's just full-on sprinting towards the street. Okay, the, the thing is, is that it actually sits okay with me if I yell at my daughter in, in that instance 
and that I scare her, that I frighten her into doing what I want, which is to not run out in the street. Actually, it's not that I am indifferent to the fact, um, like it's, I don't want my daughter frightened of me as a person. I, I'm actually, I'm perfectly okay if she's frightened in that moment. That's okay with me. Um, so then I make a really quick calculation there and I yell and okay, we're fair enough. Let's say that on the other hand, my daughter has not, I don't know why I've asked her to take her plate to the sink and she's not done it. Maybe I'm really tired and I'm not running on much sleep. And this is the umpteenth time today that I've asked her to do something fairly reasonable and she's failed to do it. Okay. Maybe I'm a bit pissed off now. Well, I could say, well, I could yell at her. That's an option. And then my daughter would be frightened of me. And is that, is that something that sits okay with me? Is it okay with me that I'm going to frighten her into doing, uh, into doing what I want, which is to, well, no, I'll be honest. That does not sit right with me. I think that there are better ways to win an agreement and win her cooperation uh, than doing that. But look, I, you know, I, I, I guess I recognize that I've been talking a lot about anger. This is not just about anger, okay? It's let's say that, let's say I've got a certain political opinion, okay, and I'm going, I, uh, let's say that I'm going to Thanksgiving dinner with a family, and everybody else is maybe on the other end of the political spectrum, okay? Well, I could say, well, I'm going to be authentic. I'm not going to shelf myself and silence myself. I'm going to go in there and, you know, I'm going to stir up some. You know, I'm going to stir things up because there's all these people and they've got these reprehensible political opinions. And okay, well, here's the thing. That's here's what that's a recipe for. It's a recipe for a really miserable Thanksgiving day. Okay, and um, and maybe you'd say, well, yeah, but I'm right. And these other people, they have a reprehensible opinion about politics. Okay, fair enough. Um, You know, and maybe you're right about that. But the reality is, is that. Here you are, and you are insisting upon speaking your piece with a kind of indifference to what the experience is going to be like for the crew. And then maybe, let's say that then the day is miserable, and you say, well, yeah, it's miserable because I'm with all these miserable people who are unreasonable in their political opinions. And look, to some degree, that's true. You know, I mean, maybe it would be nice if you had a family who could respond in a more civil, reasonable way to you expressing your political opinion, but you don't. And you kind of you kind of know that. And so at the end of the day, it's you're responsible for laying this down and in, in the family, you know, for dropping this bomb in the in the family. Um and okay, you could comfort yourself by saying, yeah, but it's a good bomb to drop. Okay, fair enough. But you have to take responsibility then for the fact that what you're signing up for is a miserable Thanksgiving day and you're actually signing everybody else up for it too. And that's, I think, in essence, I think what I'm trying to express here, right, is that we don't get to have our individual authenticity expressed as if we are not socially embedded. We are. We are socially embedded and so our authenticity has a cost. And that doesn't mean that we shouldn't be authentic. It means that we should have our eyes open about what those costs are. We should not have un- the unreasonable opinion of, 
uh, I have a right without cost to express myself however I would like. No, you do not. Uh, you may have that right, but not without cost. And we should just be reasonable with ourselves and, and also with others. You know, um, unbridled authenticity is a fine way to self-actualize on an individual level. The problem with that is that self-actualization is really, it's not so possible uh, when we act as if we're not socially embedded when we are. It's a, it's a, let's say delusion is not conducive to self-actualization and it is delusional to act as if we're not socially embedded when we are. So those are just a few thoughts. Um, Authenticity is a virtue. Here, if I could sum it up, here's what it is. Authenticity is a virtue, but it is a limited virtue that, like all other virtues, when it is expressed in excess, can become a vice. And uh, therefore, I am just being authentic is not an excuse to behave in a way that bulldozes other people or that is tactless or that um, fails to recognize our social embeddedness. So just a few thoughts on that that I think maybe people can interact with. I'm, I'm not immune to feedback here, um, whether that be critical or um, yeah, maybe some kind of pushback is needed. But thank you for listening. As always, uh, hope to talk again soon. Bye.